This podcast is part of Podcast One Sportsnet. Hey guys, Deep Dive Pod. A lot of, lot of kumbaya love. We deep dove and actually came up with a pick or two. Brad's best bet was one he didn't even have as one of his better bets entering the pod, but the discussion led him to this specific best bet. I love when discussion leads to informing reevaluation and ultimately winning. Listen, betters, me, value props. What does that mean? What is the value proposition? I'm going to talk bet DSI right now, but I'm going to keep it clear why I think now is the time to deposit. First off, we got a promo code, RJ Madness. So the initial RJ, M-A-D-N-E-S-S, all one word. It doubles your deposit amount. Put in 100, get 200. 500 gets 1,000. All right, pretty simple. Double. Now, that's not going to be around. So one, value prop number one is double your money. For what? Well, number two, the final four with all the props. By the way, Brad's bet is a prop. With all the props, all the in-game betting options, you want to have another reliable sports book. Bet DSI, 20-plus years, top-rated at the betting sites, customer-friendly, etc. All right, so number one, you're doubling your money. Number two, now is the time that the action is happening. And there's a number three. Even if you put an amount in that you don't bet through this weekend, football's not that far off. And, yeah, you might be betting NBA. You might be betting baseball. And if so, it's easy. I, I, you don't even need to hear what I'm saying because literally every day there's something you can bet. But let's just say you're going to maybe bet an NBA game or two, but for the most part you're waiting till football. Doubling that money and having it sitting there for the preseason, for the, for the win totals, for all the different things, we don't know when the double your money bonus is coming back. So go to BetDSI.com, use promo code RJMadness, get this limited time, 100% double your money bonus offer. Take advantage with Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's action and beyond. Next up, lastly, Vivid Seats. They're making a play. Vivid Seats are saying, we've got an app, we've got a platform that if you try it, you're going to like it. And we've been preaching the entire tournament. Even though our bracket, we didn't even mention it during the pod, is in the 98th percentile right now on ESPN.com. So for the record-breaking numbers who bought the Dream Bracket, you're probably feeling pretty good. Don't be shy tweeting in your thanks if you win your office pool, etc. And we'll probably read some of those. But even we didn't have all the Final Four. We didn't know exactly who was going to play. It's a surprise Duke isn't there. There's these specific two matchups Saturday. The question is, do you want to be at one of those or be at both of them? I guess both of them because on Saturday it's one ticket. If you do, you didn't have to buy, and I'm guessing you didn't, your tickets ahead of time. So now the choice is there. It's sitting there. It's not like the old days, oh, I'm going to go around the corner and maybe, you know, in some dark alley and try to buy a ticket. It's a marketplace. And Vivid has an elite special differentiated marketplace they want you to try. So here's the offer. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and download the Vivid Seats app and get 10% off your order when you use the promo code 
RJB at checkout. So RJ Bell, hey, Bell B, promo code is RJB. This offer does apply to first-time new customers, RJB, 10% off your tickets. And this is the perfect time because, quite frankly, you either want to see these games or you don't. And if you do, there's a real good chance you're going to get tickets at a price that surprises you, at an economic, affordable price that surprises you. And listen, if you've never tried a a ticket app before, you're going to be like, wow, this is amazing. If you have, though, there's no downside. Download one more. Compare, contrast. You're getting your 10% off your first one anyway, RJB. And this applies to March Madness, yeah, but it applies to everything. If you're in Vegas, you want to see Lady Gaga, wherever you are, whenever they're selling tickets, Vivid Seeds app is something to consider. Remember, guys, support. And again, this is one of those why not support the pod, right? If you're going to go to a game, you're going to be able to get a better price probably because you're getting the 10% off. Why not support the dream preview, save some money when you go to your next game that you're going to buy on a ticket marketplace? So all you do, Vivid Seats, get the app, use RJB, save 10%, help out the pod. And oh, by the way, here comes well over 75 minutes of picks, picks, insight, and picks. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. Final four edition. Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, Brad Powers. To my right, Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. We've got a missing fellow here. Now listen, some people say there are no coincidences. And then there's the smart people. Ken been on a bad run with us, swimming in sharp infested waters. Owen six down $1,500. And he's not with us this week. I'm not saying there's a connection. I'm not saying there isn't a connection. Just putting the facts out there. Speaking of facts, let's take a gander at some of these bets. Fez been flexing his muscle. And let me tell you, when Fez was losing like it was going out of style during football season, he was not happy. Hi, Fez. Let's just, because I want to go over some of these bets, but just give us your net number. Yeah, I'm Steve Fezzik. I'm eight and four plus 1400. I canceled senior day to be here today, RJ. Well, you're going to have another senior day. You delayed senior day. I postponed senior day. Brad. I went one and one on last week's podcast down 300 bucks. Still up 550 for the NCAA tournament. I'm Ken Thompson, 0 and 6, down 1500, but it's not fair. How is that? Good. (laughs) I love Ken. What a passion. He's got passion. If you you could say anything, you could say Ken has passion. During that live podcast, I think a lot of people were scared. Like they, They don't get to see him the way he gets worked up. 
And I said, do you guys get a sense? He gets that worked up. And I, the whole audience at the hard rock was like, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> right or wrong, Brad? You're right. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk a few of these bats because they've been intriguing. And it's always fun to deconstruct. Plus the one big outstanding bet. I'm a huge favorite. I mean, coincidentally, that's why we're talking about. And then we're going to break down these two games deep. And then little NFL, little AAF, you know, could have the taps music for that. Taping here Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, pregame.com offices. But then I want to spend the last 15 or 20 minutes. We got as much feedback about the passion, maybe. We'll say that in a non-pejorative way again, that I had with Fez, with the weather, with the or specifically with the travel. I want to explain what we were trying to get to. And so we'll put that at the very end. So if you like the theoretical handicapping stuff, it'll be there. If you don't, well, you don't have to listen. All right. So, Brad, you, I, these individual game bets don't interest me as much. You and Fez had a last longer bet, Tennessee and Virginia. Obviously, Virginia was the right side there. We'll be getting into that game. Um, I, you guys had an interesting bet when it came to all the favorites covered. Every oh check every betting favorite won the game, and many of them covered in round of thirty-two, the second round as I like to call it. And the question was, would the market overreact or not? And if so, you would say, okay, I'm going to bet underdogs now, or you could say there was a fundamental reason favorites were being bet. Fez, what was your position and how did it turn out? So my position was that the underdogs would indeed offer some aggregate value. So Because I took- the theory was, hey, everyone's winning with the favorites. Let's make them expensive. Exactly right. So a little point spread tax on the favorites going into the next round. I took the eight underdogs. So it was five and three. The dogs, dogs won. Any thoughts? Any postmortem on that, Brad? No. I, I was wrong, obviously. Now, here's one that I'm not sure if there's, you know, some would say I have a decent vocabulary. I'm not sure if I have the words to explain this one. Fez and Brad are battling. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, no holds barred, out for blood. And they say, okay, one of you takes Duke. And one of you gets three other teams and whoever wins the title wins. And if somehow, some way these four teams don't win the title, (laughs) we'll, uh, you know, it's no bat. Brad, you took Duke. Yeah. Now it's funny because you've gone and we'll be talking about it. You made a monster bet against Duke on straight out of Vegas, the whole country. I mean, literally, I mean, just, uh, let's just say, he uh, he showed his uh, strength, his resolve in front of the whole country, anti-Duke. But here he was pro-Duke. And Fez, you picked three teams. I did. Gonzaga, no regrets. Solid pick. Kentucky, no regrets. P.J. Washington got hurt after I picked them. No regrets. Solid pick. And the third selection, RJ, 
I took Tennessee. Now, I considered Virginia. I considered Virginia strongly. And I knew Virginia had slightly better odds. And I didn't want to just be this, the, oh, I'm just going to take the three biggest favorites against Brad. The number two, number three, number four team. So I took the number two, the number three, and the number five team, Tennessee. I got so wait, 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 Hold on a second. You did this because you wanted to be nice to Brad? No, because I wanted to be clever. I didn't want to just rotely take the second, third, and fourth teams against the one team Duke. And it's funny, like as a chess player, this happens. The second that I blurted out, oh, I'll take Tennessee. It was like a chess player making the wrong move. It's like I let go of my piece and I'm staring at the board. And I'm like, did I really just take Tennessee instead of Virginia? Good grief. And now it's come back to bite me in the butt because Virginia is alive and Tennessee is long gone. And it cost me double, RJ, because then on top of it, yeah. you asked me to justify good old Rocky Top overrated Tennessee, and I made the case, hey, Virginia couldn't even get out of the first round last year. I am confident that Tennessee is the correct pick, even though I wasn't, but I wanted to back up my selection, so not only did I lose with the bad move, I lost double because Brad pushed the button on me, and he took a last longer, and he took Virginia against me. It's okay. <laughs> Fed's <laughs> making it tougher on himself. Overrated. I made a worse bet, though. But here's the thing. You guys pick four freaking teams have zero in the final four. Hard to do. Now, Mackie did the notes and it says push. I don't think that's the right phrase. I mean, it was almost like abandoned. It was almost like suspended. There should be some word that means like... uh Failed. Fa- yeah, failure something. <laughs> Think about this, RJ. We could have blindly taken all the ones. No problem. All the twos. You're good. All the threes. No problem again. But yet by selectively <laughs> taking our top four, we're out. By the way, this has been about 90 seconds, Mackie. But but he said at one point, he goes, Fezzik said, but I wanted to be clever. Make sure you pull. I mean, I'm serious. Pull that out. It was We're clean. building quite the library. It was Fez. clean as could be. He goes, I wanted to be clever. I mean, that's going to be a good one. Okay, please. All right. So pretty sad. Brad, you're in a bad spot with me, though. You want to lay it out? Oh, really bad. I didn't think so about a week ago, RJ. Well, that's what happens when you. Yeah, play. I guess so. Funny how that works. So about a month ago, uh, I made a bet with RJ. I took four teams and the four teams I took Duke, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Virginia, and RJ had everybody else plus four to one. And this was just to win the title. So I got to tell you, RJ, when the lead eight comes out and I still have Duke, I still have Gonzaga favored. I still have Kentucky favored and I have Virginia favored on the lead eight. I'm thinking, Hmm, RJ for a month straight has been telling me how bad of a bet I made. What if it'd be possible if all four of those teams that are favored make the final four and he's out. Nope. The opposite came true. In fact, the one team I have left Virginia, I can make a strong case. That was the team that shouldn't be strong case. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was at the low point <laughs> for Virginia. What was your chance yeah. of making the Final Four? Fifteen percent. That mean, sounds even optimistic. I gotta tell you, it's just occurred to me what the student body has been chanting for the last two or three minutes. It's the name. 
underdogs. Now, if only Virginia had lost, I would have won my 250, you a thousand before the final four. How is that I, possible to win a four to one underdog oh, bet before that been, the final four that been even sweet. starts? All right. So we bet. did a little bit of math, Brad. Now here's the good news. You had a hot take sizzling on the grill, but it ended up being pretty good. You said, listen, I'm not sure how much better, and this is about, what, two weeks ago. I'm not sure how much better Duke is than Gonzaga. I don't know how much better Duke is than Virginia. Jonas Knox, who's on the show with us on Fox, 6 Eastern, 200 stations across the country, iHeart, Sirius, XM, podcasts. And he's like, Rob Parker's here listening to the show. And he said, I want no part of that take. I mean, it was that hot. And let's be honest. I started taunting you a little bit. Well, I wasn't having a I good I started taunting you. I wasn't bit. having a good show, RJ. It, it, true. So that's <laughs> what I like. I really like to dig in when things are bad because that's when you get the biggest response. And what did you do? Yeah, How'd got, you respond? I got backed into a corner and I responded this way. I bet. With cash. Yeah. So at William Hill, there was a, a you know a prop that was offered. Will Duke win the national title? And I bet the no and put up five thousand two hundred bucks to win two G's. And and you've you've cash or you? I am not yet. I mean, it's just like you yeah. know, it's one of those tickets. But five thousand to win two dimes on the no. I like to have a little something going every day. Maybe nothing big, but a little daily recreation don't hurt anybody. <laughs> Joe Friday's right about that. Now here's the thing. I'm going to let you buy out of this if you want. All right. So for f- what I'll what I'll say is this. Let me think about it. <laughs> so Fez, we figure what about a forty percent chance Virginia wins it? Correct. So based so my value is about six hundred. My valuation has Brad with a negative expectation of five hundred dollars on his bet based upon that. How would that be if I'm if I'm minus? Let's think about this a second. If 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 I'm gonna win, oh, okay, because of the four to one, right? He has a sixty percent chance to lose a grand. He has a forty percent chance to win two fifty. <laughs> so plus six hundred, minus one hundred expectation. That's minus five hundred, Brett. All right. So what I'll do is for five twenty, I'll let you buy out. No. Ooh. I mean, I was just charging a little. Now I'm not offering this. Would you, would you let if I said for four seventy five? No. Now that's interesting. So is this that you figure you can still win and there's bragging rights, or is this that you really like Virginia? Uh, I like Virginia, but uh, also it's you know maybe you want to just double. You want want to show no. You want to you want to show your crazy and double the bet? (laughs) No, hell no. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, who knows? All right. Good good recap. You think it's coincidence that Ken's on here? See? He's out of town. He, he was out coincidentally? No, he was. The pod, the no, the no. I knew about it last week. Hmm. Showtime. Woo. All right, Brad, take us into the first game. So the first game uh, of the final four, we have Michigan State right around a two-point favorite. Uh, two, two and a half point favorite over Texas Tech, RJ. All right. What do you, what do you got? Well, I mean, the number one factor that I have in this game is the experience factor. 
Can we start with the power ratings? I like it when he does. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Let's start with the power ratings. So pure power rating on this game, I have Michigan State by two. But I think there's one major factor that has to be accounted for in a power rating, and that's the experience factor and the edge for Michigan State. Well, first State. of all, that's not a power rating. And this is something you guys both, I think, we got to be, and this will help, this will be part of the conversation later. Power rating is, in a vacuum, how good are these teams? They could play on the moon. They could play in Arizona. Play opening day. Opening day. Whatever. Injuries, no injuries. How good are they in their optimal canonical form? Check out. What form? Canonical. Look it up. The canonical form. That's how good they are. Then we can start making adjustments. So what you're saying is in their canonical form, (laughs) Michigan State, two points better? Yep. All right. Now, what do you think matters beyond how good these teams intrinsically are? And what could? It could be situational. What's definition, Fess? Uh, It's a normal or standard form typically used in a mathematical term. Exactly. This is their root. This is their core. This is nothing, no makeup. Think, Think of the girl out of the shower. No makeup. This is the truth beneath it all. Now, beyond that truth, what are some additional truths that matter? Uh, one of those additional truths is the experience edge that Tom Izzo, the head coach for Michigan State, has over not only Chris Beard, but the rest of the Final Four. Eight Final Four appearances for Tom Izzo. Zero combined Final Four appearances for the other three head coaches combined. Even though all the other three are widely considered to be top 10, top 15 caliber coaches, Chris Beard being the other one in this Texas Tech-Michigan State matchup. But You've said this, RJ, and you're going to say it better than me. The final four is a completely different kind of week of preparation with the media. Your practices are being covered at the final four. It's almost like a mini Super Bowl week. Having that experience in that atmosphere, I think, is worth about a point in this one. All right. So the theory is we've got our two and a half for the core values of the teams. Michigan State favored. Now we get an extra point. Two points, you think, Faz? Two points. That's Brad's power rating. You said two, right? Oh, yeah. Michigan State about two points better than What did I say? Two and a half. Oh, okay. Two points better and then an extra point now for experience. Yep. Now, let's go through the process. What do we know statistically about experience in the Final Four? Because this could be like East Coast teams playing at 10 a.m. There's a lot of stories handicappers. Tao, do we got any numbers on this? Well, the one that we've uncovered is, you know, virgin teams in the final four. What does that mean? First time ever Texas Tech is playing in the final four in their school history. Well, since 1985, there's been 14 teams that are virgin final fours, never been to the final four before. Only four out of those 14 teams have even made it to the championship game, RJ. And only one out of 14 has gone on to win the national championship in their first final four appearance. Okay, so those aren't straight up, or those are straight up. We don't have ATS. And let's be candid. If a team was there 10 years ago, does it matter? To me, I'm what I'd be interested in is having three tiers of code. And this is research. We And again, we're taping Tuesday. What we'll do is put this research out. So you've got my commitment at RJ in Vegas. Here's the research. And you and Mackie can coordinate on this, Brad. I want to have three tiers of experience. Final four coaches, first time in the final four. Final four coaches that's been there 
<clears throat> do we want to say one or two games? Let's say two or la- uh, two, one or two. So some experience, and then greater than two, and put them in three buckets. And I just want to see how those teams do. With and I only care about the head coach. And let's tweet that out because I think we're going to see it matters. Right. And I'm in, obviously interested in ATS. Do you, do you like that approach? Absolutely. Okay. And you know what we can do? Let's put a fourth category in. There, there's the Coach K's, the Williams, and Izzo. I think they're the only three in the modern era. Let's say that we got our coaches with 10 or more appearances. So we got the the the, crate, the monster. Because someone that's been there three times versus Coach K mm. or three different games versus Coach yeah. K is different. So four categories, how do they do? And we want to see how they do in the semis and how they do in the finals. Okay. That that one uh, Mackie should be able to help with. We should be good. We'll tweet out the results there. Also what I'd like to do, and I know you've got some of these answers but we don't have all of them. Do any of the head coaches other than Izzo have experience in the final four as assistants? Yeah. Tony Bennett does. He's the Virginia head coach. He was assistant under his dad, Dick Bennett, when Wisconsin made the final four in 2000, Wisconsin was beaten by Michigan state. Michigan state went on to win the title that year. The only title Tom Izzo has. Was that Diggy Bennett? Yep. Diggy. All right. Is, and but we're not sure of the other two. Not sure, uh, Bruce Pearl, and, and uh, the, I don't think Chris Beard has any. All right, so let's we'll look into that, and if there is any, we'll tweet that out. If there isn't, we won't tweet the negative. So you only hear about it if we. Unco- now, what would it mean if an assistant coach was uh, in the Final Four? I think it means like Belichick under Parcells in the Super Bowl. You learn something. I don't know. Is it half value? But I think it's somewhere between 30 and 60% of the value of being a head coach if you're an assistant. Absolutely. I you're, agree with you're that. Gonna, you're going through it. Yep. Okay. So right now we're saying Michigan State should be three in canonical power rating plus one equals three. What other factors in this game? Well, I was just looking, you know, because obviously you got some good teams with some great uh, gaudy records. So I go into you know, some of the losses that these teams have and Texas Tech specifically, what did teams do against Texas Tech in those six losses? And to me, there was two major factors on why Texas Tech lost those games. To me, Texas Tech struggled against quality guard play. The six losses that Texas Tech had, all six of those teams had quality guard play. What does Michigan State have? Not quality guard play, I would say exceptional guard play. Cassius Winston, the junior guard for them. I mean, Coach K, after the game, they went out of their way, whether it be Zion, R.J. Barrett, Coach K, said basically Cassius Winston's the best guard we played against all year. So Michigan State has that. The other factor that I found in Texas Tech's losses was they have a a great player, Texas Tech, Jarrett Culver. He's going to be a top 10 NBA lottery pick, but he struggled specifically in those six games. 30 combined turnovers, so five turnovers a game. The problem is Michigan State is a defense, one of the 10 worst teams in the entire country enforcing turnovers, so that's one thing that I don't think Michigan State's going to be able to take advantage of weakness-wise for Texas Tech. One positive, one negative. I'm still at a power rating or a line of three right here, RJ. So, okay, so what you're saying is the fact that Michigan State has good guard play is something Texas Tech struggles with. Yep. 
But what you're saying on the flip side is tech struggles in certain certain spots that Michigan State's not going to be able to exploit. And what is that exactly? It's turnovers. Jared Culver, their best player in those six losses, he's had 30 turnovers. But Michigan State just doesn't so like turn against, it over. Against, you know, an extreme case like um, Arkansas's 40 minutes a how or yep. whatever, this tech team would have struggled. Yep. Okay. So, but that's interesting. If if you have an absence of a positive, meaning that like there's this one weakness on tech and Michigan or one of the weaknesses on tech Michigan State can't exploit, that doesn't seem to be as big as the fact that in general tech struggles against good guards. That seems bigger of the two, right? It's just guards that are, you know, more, let's say, aggressive defensively might be even more of a problem for tech. I think it's a fair statement. Or are we talking offense or defense? Meaning, is this about, or is this about in general, good guards mean good, aggressive, defensive guards, and maybe there is no negative at all? Or we, so tech struggles against good guards. Is it, uh, tech on defense against those guards on offense or, or it's a combination of both. They struggle, you know, offensively against the, the those elite guards, but they also struggle defensively. Against but it doesn't sound like they struggle defensively against elite guards like Michigan state has. Cause they don't play aggressive, um, handsy D. So maybe we should give it half value saying on half the, on one end of the floor, uh, the matchup edge to Michigan state is there on the other edge. It's not, that's fair for me. So give it a half a point. I think it might be worth about a half a point. So we're up to three and a half. Yeah. Okay. What other factors we got? You know, looking at it, I mean, this Texas Tech defense, I I don't think we're getting enough credit, but let's put some analytics behind it. Not only is Texas Tech number one this year, but the analytics that Ken Palm offers, that's one of the, the sites that the market uses right now, Texas Tech. As far as points per 100 possessions, the best defense in the last 18 years right now for Texas Tech and just shut down the best offense we've seen, at least in college basketball this year in Gonzaga. Wait, wait a minute. Texas Tech is the best defense of any team the past 18 years? According to Kempom. Points given up per 100, 100 possessions. And it also factors in you know who you played. Well, they, the schedule. But they play in the Big 12 where you've got some prolific scoring teams too, right? You got a few, but I mean, do you trust Ken Palm or not? I do. Okay, so what are we debating? Well, I just didn't had no idea that. Okay, but now you're tra- good. now we're going through how good the Big Twelve is. So, so why would Fezzik be so shocked? I mean, you quoted that if I remember, like six weeks ago. Yeah, it was in that range. Hey, this is one of the best defenses in the last eighteen years. But now, after the Gonzaga performance, it is clearly the best defense. So. How does that go against the idea that we just said defensively Texas Tech struggles against good guards? That's the one worry that I have because Cassius Winston for Michigan State is the type of guard that Texas Tech defensively struggles against because Texas Tech's in your face, uh, you know, coming up the floor and it's also kind of a, a pack line defense. They muddle it up as far as in the paint and they dare you to shoot the outside shot. So if you can get penetration against that, like Cassius Winston did against Duke, that would be a big time problem for Texas Tech. So even though this is the best defense in the last 18 years, I, I have my concerns, RJ. We're leading into... But me- it seems like we got a great defense that's playing against the, their worst matchup, which is uh, offensively prolific guards. Yep. So who's the, what's the analog in the big 12? What is the team that has a bunch of good guards in the big 12? 
you know, even though Kansas struggled this year, Dotson's a pretty good guard for Kansas and, and Texas Tech struggled in one of the games against Kansas this year. Big time lost by double digits. That, that's one of the better guards. Iowa State had some good guard play. Uh, those would be the two that come to mind. And how and how did Tech do in those games? One, one, lost one. So, I mean, now we have two of, I mean, Texas Tech's only lost six games. We have two of their losses against uh, two of the better guards. And this was against Kansas? Yeah, one loss against Kansas, one loss against Iowa State. Two of the best guards. Two and two, they split out those four matchups. So obviously you can't bet over like Winston and Michigan State, right? Because that's correlated. Correct. Is there any way to get at the idea that these guards are going to, like if if Michigan State. So does that mean this is probably an over? Because, I mean, like if, if, if I said the following, Michigan State won the game. And scenario A their defense just suffocated tech and dominated scenario B Michigan state score more easily than expected. Doesn't it seem like so far we're saying scenario B is the more likely scenario. Yeah, I would say scenario B. So if we like Michigan state, we're assuming the Michigan state guard should be effective against the historically good tech defense. Yeah, I would say if you're looking to back Michigan State, I would be much more prone to bet the over than the vice versa. If you're telling me this game's played in the 50s, that's Texas Tech's game. Uh, and I would be much more you know, likely to say, hey, the undercovered. And, of course, you get to pick up a nice little correlation if you play Michigan State minus two and a half. Because if Michigan State covers, if that's the only information you have... Well, we're going to expect that they're probably going to win by anywhere from three to 15 points. Now you got big distribution there, but if they're up by four, six, eight, ten, boom, suddenly you get the foul fest. You get an extra 12 points in the final 80 seconds. And the Duke game, an outlier for Michigan State. Michigan State, typically one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country, top 30 nationally. They only had two free throw, made free throws against Duke. Okay, so... So do you like the correlation fest? I do like the correlation. My only concern, RJ, is I'm leaning to the under in this game just because Texas Tech is such a good defensive team. And 132 and a half, frankly, looked a little bit high to me. So what do you like in the total in general, Brad? I mean, first got, uh, instinct for me would be one, you know, go to under. Because, I mean, typically speaking, in these big settings, these stadium settings, I don't think it always gets factored in appropriately, uh, the underplay, because you have different shooting backdrops. So so this venue specifically, what's been the history? The, and Mackey led this research. And uh, I'll let Mackey... Since he did it, he might as well say it. Yeah, brand new stadium. They've only had four basketball games here. One of them was a Division Three game. The three Division One games that actually had lines, two of them actually went over, one under. Okay, so we don't know much, uh, but but good data there for sure. All right, Fez, what's your main points on the game? Yeah, I mean, my main point is the venue, RJ. So I took out my road atlas, and I didn't find anything very significant here. The game's in Minnesota, so none of the schools are really close to the venue here. But I do think, and I want to ask both of your opinions, I think it's a free roll in terms of the crowd, and I think the free roll is in favor of Michigan State, and here's why. The Big Ten is one of those conferences, very proud 
and the like. And I know there's inner rivals, so like Ohio State isn't going to root for Michigan and the like. But having gone to Northwestern, I can tell you every championship game and the like, we would always root for the Big Ten school. Well, yeah, if you're never going to be in them, you got to exactly. root. Exactly. <laughs> so we were always root for the rooting Buckeyes, for the Buckeyes so, yeah, against yeah. Miami, etc. I mean, it's almost like a cuckold type thing. I mean, if you can't do it, let someone else do it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that applies to all schools. Hey, fair enough. But I do think Minnesota probably does apply that there's going to be, I think all four schools are going to represent well here, but let's face it, huge stadium. There's going to be a whole lot of people from Minnesota that are going to attend. And I think naturally who are they going to root for in this game? They're going to root for the big 10 school. So I think it's a free roll. I can't quantify how valuable it is, but I think that it is a factor that could only favor Michigan state. Uh, did you have your at? Did you have out a map with an with your your compass and protractor, protractor right? Protractor, looking at distances and such. Exactly. I think you're all in the head. We're ten hours from the fun park, and you want to bail out. Hmm. So, how much would this home court advantage be? I was thinking, guesstimating half a point, but I'm really you're not saying sure. It's, it's possible. It's a half a point. I would say my unbiased estimate is a half a point. It could be zero. It could be a point. So you think the crowd could be up to a point I for think Michigan it could. State? Yes. What do you think of that, bro? That seems a little optimistic. Huh. All right. So, so far, though, it seems like you've got to bat Michigan. I mean, like, no one's making any case or attack. So let's let's play that. What stop? So do you have a like on Michigan State, Brad? I don't have a like on Michigan State. I, I guess I haven't had a good handle on Texas Tech because I, you know, I went against Texas Tech in the Michigan game. And I kind of swerved my opinion, of, you know, waving with the flag with Michigan against Michigan on Michigan. So Texas Tech greatly exceeded expectations there. And I liked Gonzaga against Texas Tech and Texas Tech, you know, won that game outright, exceeded expectations by double digits. So maybe, you know, Malinsky used to say that. What's your confidence level of your power rating? A, B, C. I'm probably more in the C range with Texas Tech right now because I, I've went against them pre- pretty heavily and come up short back to back games. Okay. So let's, let's take a moment and appreciate grinding because. Let's be honest, a, a great sports batter has to grind. And and really, most public sports batters aren't great because they're unwilling to grind. It's the guy that says, yeah, Dan Patrick, I know you want me on the show, but I've got some stat work to do. That guy is usually the best guy. So you always got to, you know, make sure you find someone who's doing the work. All right. So this fellow, Chris Beard. He's born in 73. All right. So let's think about this. Let's just take a moment and run down his coaching career. So from 91 to 95, he was a student assistant at Texas. That's actually starting pretty good. If you're going to be a student assistant anywhere, UT is a good place to be. Then 95 to 96, he went to incarnate, Word as an assistant. What the heck is that, Brad? Uh, they're in, you know, Division One school, you know, even at the FCS level in, in football. It's in San Antonio, Texas. Have you ever heard of this school, Faz? Yeah, they're, they're a line college basketball team. So every, every game, every week, the incarnate word 
Every game they play is lined? That's new this year, though, Fez. Every game's lined now. Yeah, but fair enough. <laughs> it's got like the, the eight-digit yeah. rotation number yeah. that drives us crazy. But that just happened this year. This year, yes. Then, so he spent uh, two years there. Okay. Or one year, it looks like. 95, 96. 96, 97, Albeline Christian as an assistant. Similar to Incarnate Word. In the Southland you, Conference. You mean a, a gigantic Division One school? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> then from 97 to 99. Now, let's think about this now. In 99, in 2000, so he's three years younger than me. So he was 26 at this point. Okay. So he was assistant at North Texas. Okay. That's a nice jump. Yep. He's gone up each time. 99, 2000, he was the head coach at Fort Scott CC. Is that an easy one for you, Fez? <laughs> I don't know what state Fort Scott's in. Kansas? You know this? Kansas, maybe. You, so you don't even know. I don't know. Look it up, guys. All right. Then he said, okay, I've, I've tacked with that challenge. I'm going to be the head coach at Seminole State Junior College. I'm guessing that's in Florida. Fort Scott's in Kansas. All right. And let me tell you something. I've been in some small Kansas towns. <clears throat> I spent a long weekend. I spent a month there one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then he gets a chance to be an assistant coach 2001 through 2008 at Texas Tech. And then assistant and associate head coach 2008 to 2011. So you think, okay, he's on track, right? It's uh, he's like 37, 38. He's ready to get a head job. His head job comes at the South Carolina Warriors in the ABA. <laughs> so think about it now. This fellow is 40 years old at this point. And he's the head coach for South Carolina Warriors in the ABA. What's the ABA? <laughs> I thought that went defunct. Didn't it? Yeah, I thought so. But was it there in 2012? Wow. Look it up. Then it was like, well, not enough indignity there. In 2012-13, he went to McMurray. What's that? Imagine like you're just bringing your family. It's like, guys, I know we've been here for seven months. Pack up. We got a like a three-day car ride to Seminole State University or Seminole State Junior College. VIP at U-Haul. There's probably, I mean, like literally there's probably like three buildings. Brad, you got anything? Yeah, the ABA is a semi-pro basketball league. It got uh, reformed in 1999. Seminole State in Oklahoma. Ooh. Aren't the Seminoles Florida State? <laughs> oh, my God. Semin Imagine like he's on some Indian reservation or something in Oklahoma. Wowza. And what's McMurray? Now, he's in his 40s at this point. What's McMurray? All right. And then... It was like, all right, you must have done well at McMurray. We're going to give you the head job at Angelo State. <laughs> McMurray's in Abilene, Texas. So he's back in Abilene. 
but he's not even an Abilene Christian. I mean, he's like staring at Abilene Christian's buildings thinking one day. And I mean, guys, this is literally three years ago. This is, and where's Angelo State? San Angelo, Texas. Oh my gosh. Division two. Ooh, he's a division two head coach in 2015. And then Little Rock for one year. And now he's in his second year at Tech. And his base salary. Third year at Tech. Third year at Tech. His base salary. I think I saw it on the other page. It was like three and a half million dollars. 3.175 million. Think about this, guys. Now, listen, at some point, you know, there's a great, you know, I know there's all the PC stuff with Louis C.K. and everything, but to me, Louis C.K. as a comedian, trust the art, not the artist, was a genius, is a genius. There's a three-episode arc of Louis where he gets a chance to potentially take over for Letterman. This is a couple years ago. And the thing is, is the producer, the big TV guy, and, and what he says to Louie is he says, listen, this is your last chance. He goes, if you don't get this Letterman gig, he goes, what's, he goes, how old are you? And he's like, you know, mid forties. And it's like, he goes soon enough. He goes, the shows you've been getting, you're going to get a few less and a few less. Finally, you're not going to have enough. You're not going to be able to make a living and you're going to be teaching comedy at a community college. And it was like, you know, Louie responded with, <clears throat> excuse me with a passion and it was a great three episode arc but the fact is imagine being this dude who is chris beard who's proven himself to be what one of where do you put him in the top x coaches brett mm, i think he's top 10 right now did you know his name five years ago five years ago no when he was at Angelo State, were you were you watching streams of his game? No, didn't really become aware of him until that Little Rock season, which literally was like four years ago. Yep, three years ago. Yeah, I mean, imagine being talented enough that you're one of the top ten college basketball coaches in the world, and you're making what's he making at Angelo? It can't be over a hundred. No. So you're making, and again, <clears throat> a lot of people would say hundreds of good living. It is. But if you're moving your family from place to place to place for all these years, and you were the Texas Tech as, had, uh, associate head coach five, six years before that, and then you're now four rungs down the ladder, lower. To me, this is a great celebration of believing in yourself because it's easy to say, you know, spring, the famous thing is Springsteen got turned down by 27 uh, record companies and all that. And at some point, if you truly are doing something innovative, you're going to be an audience of one. And Beard wasn't understood until finally he was. And he kept at it. And if he would have started selling used cars, he wouldn't be here now. That said, most people in the spot that Beard was in never get higher than that. So you've got to balance. Maybe used cars are best for someone at some point. But I want to personally want to salute Beard as a 
grinder and the fact that him and his family are benefiting so now and he's getting the regard he is now, I think is uh, well, 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 well justified. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Hey guys, deep dive pod. A lot of, lot of kumbaya, love. We deep dove and actually came up with a pick or two. Brad's best bet was one he didn't even have as one of his better bets entering the pod, but the discussion led him to this specific best bet. I love when discussion leads to informing reevaluation and ultimately winning. Listen. Betters, me, value props. What does that mean? What is the value proposition? I'm going to talk bet DSI right now, but I'm going to keep it clear why I think now is the time to deposit. First off, we got a promo code, RJ Madness. So the initial RJ, M-A-D-N-E-S-S, all one word. It doubles your deposit amount. Put in 100, get 200. 500 gets 1,000. All right, pretty simple. Double. Now, that's not going to be around. So one, value prop number one is double your money. For what? Well, number two, the final four with all the props. By the way, Brad's bet is a prop. With all the props, all the in-game betting options, you want to have another reliable sports book. Bet DSI, 20-plus years, top-rated at the betting sites, customer-friendly, Etc. All right. So number one, you're doubling your money. Number two, now is the time that the action is happening. And there's a number three. Even if you put an amount in that you don't bet through this weekend, football's not that far off. And yeah, you might be betting NBA. You might be betting baseball. And if so, it's easy. I, I You don't even need to hear what I'm saying because literally every day there's something you can bet. But let's just say you're going to Maybe bet an NBA game or two, but for the most part, you're waiting till football. Doubling that money and having it sitting there for the preseason, for the for the win totals, for all the different things. We don't know when the double your money bonus is coming back. So go to betdsi.com, use promo code RJ Madness. Get this limited time, 100% double your money bonus offer. Take advantage with Saturday. Sunday and Monday's action, and beyond. Next up, lastly, Vivid Seats. They're making a play. Vivid Seats are saying, we've got an app, we've got a platform that if you try it, you're going to like it. And we've been preaching the entire tournament. Even though our bracket, we didn't even mention it during the pod, is in the 98th percentile right now on ESPN.com. So for the record-breaking numbers who bought the dream bracket, you're probably feeling pretty good. Don't be shy tweeting in your thanks if you win your office pool, et cetera. And we'll probably read some of those. But even we didn't have all the Final Four. We didn't know exactly who was going to play. It's a surprise Duke isn't there. There's these specific two matchups Saturday. The question is, do you want to be at one of those or be at both of them? I guess both of them because on Saturday it's one ticket. If you do... You didn't have to buy, and I'm guessing you didn't, your tickets ahead of time. So now the choice is there. It's sitting there. It's not like the old days, oh, I'm going to go around the corner and maybe, you know, in some dark alley and try to buy a ticket. 
it's a marketplace. And Vivid has an elite, special, differentiated marketplace they want you to try. So here's the offer. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and download the Vivid Seats app and get 10% off your order when you use the promo code RJB at checkout. So RJ Bell, hey, Bell B, promo code is RJB. This offer does apply to first-time new customers, RJB, 10% off your tickets. And this is the perfect time because, quite frankly, you either want to see these games or you don't. And if you do, there's a real good chance you're going to get tickets at a price that surprises you, at an economic, affordable price that surprises you. And listen, if you've never tried a a ticket app before, you're going to be like, wow, this is amazing. If you have, though, there's no downside. Download one more, compare, contrast. You're getting your 10% off your first one anyway, RJB. And this applies to March Madness, yeah, but it applies to everything. If you're in Vegas, you want to see Lady Gaga, wherever you are, whenever they're selling tickets, Vivid Seats app is something to consider. Remember, guys, support. And again, this is one of those why not support the pod, right? If you're going to go to a game, you're going to be able to get a better price, probably because you're getting the 10% off. Why not support the Dream Preview, save some money when you go to your next game that you're going to buy on a ticket marketplace? So, all you do, Vivid Seats, get the app, use RJB, save 10%. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right. So, Brad, what do we do? I mean, remember, this is back to the old pizza bet stuff, or are we trying to find, you know, true positive EV, 55% winners? So what do you think this line should be? Michigan State, three, three and a half is all I can get to. So you can't bat it. And yeah, just to end if you do. But, you, but at State one and a half, play. you bat it. Oh, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take off the rubber band at one and a half. Not saying if someone gave you an off number, if the market moved to one and a half. The market moved to one and a half, I would, I would bet Michigan State. Fast. I'm going to lean to Michigan State. I'm going to lean heavily to the under RJ, and thus, I'm going to bet the team total, which will be widely available. I'm going to play Texas Tech under 65 team total points. Boy, that seems to get against our matchup advantage, though. I guess what we're saying here is... Tech has a great defense. So you're saying Texas Tech under. Correct. So what is it about that matchup that you like the best? It's not the matchup. It's just the underlying fact that I think there's a little bit of value on Michigan State. And like I said, I think the game's going to play out to be a real scrum, a real rock fight, lower scoring. So I lean strongly to the under. But don't you worry about the free throws the same? Of, of course I worry so why about why not it. play under in the first half? It's a great point. Maybe that... Oh, Maybe you have just earned yourself a little R.J. Bell dream music because I like that first half under as well. What do you think of this, Brian? Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't have any numbers to back it up. I'll I'll promise I'll get some by the end of the week. But at least from what I've seen the last 10, 15 years watching Final Fours, man, that first game, the first tip-off game usually is a very slow start of the first of the two semifinals. Well, let's do another project, yeah. right? Is Let's look at game one and game two and of Saturday and look at the net result against the spread. But also let's look at the first half scoring and uh, see if we can find anything there. 
But if if it starts slow, that's an advantage, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I like it. Anything else in this game? I don't have anything else. It's actually the second game. This is the second game. Okay, so this is the second game. All right, cool. So what if there is an advantage there? There's not. All right, I think we've got a little sound. Who, uh, guys? Who do we got the sound from here? You have them from both on this Esler game. Esler and AJ. Yep. All right, let's see what the boys. Esler's just been beating Fez up on SOV like a punching bag. Uh, he gave me a winner. What would I have? Plus two thirty on on uh, the the Giants against the Dodgers. Yeah, he liked the Giants, and I liked the Dodgers. The Dodgers were a two to one favorite. And Esler made a compelling case for why the no, Giants. I don't want to hear your story. Es- I just want to say is he gave me the winner. I cashed. Yes. You green, liked green it. Green button bet. Yes. I mean, Dave's been, Uncle Dave's been winning since Moses was in short pants. And he started texting me at 5, 12 a.m. about it. He was so happy. <laughs> happy for him. Because you bring out, people bring, like, people want to see your pain more than anyone's. I wonder why that is. No, I think Maddie Holt's pain. They might want to see a little more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Esther's got, oh, Esther's got some first half talk. Let's check that out. I'm betting against Izzo and the Spartans for the first half. If this game were two days after beating Duke, I'd love it even more. Because even with Izzo, that's a tough rebound. It's still not an easy rebound with all that's going on this week in the way of travel and tickets for friends. The recent precedence there for Sparty to lose this game outright. Three years ago, they were knocked out by Middle Tennessee. Two years ago, they lost in the second round to Kansas by 20 points. And last year, Syracuse knocked them out in the second round. But Tech's bench is somewhat shorter, so I think that'll show up in the second half. And there is the Izzo thing, so I'm betting Texas Tech plus one and a half for the first half. Tech has only trailed once in this tournament at halftime. That was by two points to Gonzaga. I don't think that happens again. Red Raiders for the first half. So let's refer to the producer of this segment. Who was it? Both of us. Okay, so cuddle up to the mic, guys. This Izzo thing is what exactly? That he's has so much experience. So why is he betting against the experience? He's saying that he really can't, but he loves tech, and the first half's the way to get at it. So he wants to avoid Izzo's experience, but he thinks the experience means less early in the game? Correct. That doesn't seem right, does it? Doesn't seem right to me. Huh. Let me text him. Did it seem right to you guys? The 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 dual headed producers? <laughs> Moses in short pants. I don't tend to argue with them. Well, no, but the, hold on a second. And this is important. Your job is to be a stand in for the audience. Your job isn't to correct Astler. Your job is to understand what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. But I mean, you got to feel confident you understand what he's trying to say. Right. So maybe you do here. It just seems counterintuitive to me. Okay, I'm getting taxes back from Dave now. Hold on a second. Okay. So what Dave's saying is, and this makes some sense to me, what where does Izzo's advice or or experience exert itself? Where does it differentiate itself the most? To me, halftime adjustments, being calm with the pressure on makes sense. And also late in the game. I mean, if the game's tied with Let's say the game's tied with a minute left. 
and it's a jump, you know, it's a random who's going to get the ball. So there's no big advantage. I'm going to like Michigan State a lot better, even though history just told us these teams are even, right? 59 minutes. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And think about the end game, Michigan State, when they just beat Michigan, how calm they were. And look at the end game against Duke as well. Uh, no panic at all. And Izzo, the master drawn up great plays. Now, the one caveat I would say is I think Michigan State has an advantage in the first five minutes. Just that calmness at the beginning of the game. So I would almost look at it. And Fez, I don't know if you ever do this, but as long as they're separate bets and hedge funds do this, you know, obviously much more advanced hedge funds do this all the time, which is they make two bets that are inversely correlated, but they believe that it's a hedge and that they're both going to win much more often than they're both going to lose. So what do you think? Now they're not parlaying them. They're just two separate bets. Do you like the idea of Michigan State first to 15 and then Texas Tech first half? Because I could really see Michigan State's up 16 to 12. I would Hmm. be feeling mighty good at that point. Well, I like that race to 10 or race to 15 bet because I do think that Izzo's experience advantage and the likes really going to show up at the first tip. I got to think a little bit about the, the tech. I, I, you know what I'd prefer to do is wait for that media timeout, that second media timeout. And if you like tech, then bet them for the first half line and live wagering. If, if that's available to you in game. Yes. What do you think, Brad? I'm going to defer to Fez as far as the in-game, how to handle it. I would just much prefer to have Michigan State first to 15, which has become a hugely popular bet here in Vegas the last couple of years. Not that specific, but in general, the first to 15. First to 15, yeah, it has been, I mean, like six-figure six swings and, and, and just one sports book. Wouldn't this be one of the, the, game, the, the, the most prominent games of the last, of this whole tournament where you would think the first to 15 that one coach, one team would have a real clear advantage. Yeah, I do. And it's Michigan State here. It is. Okay. AJ Hoffman has some thoughts on this game. I will be on Michigan State at minus three or better. The number is two and a half while we record this, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if it pushes down to a two. Tech is obviously elite defensively. And the way they were able to handle Gonzaga was really impressive. But this Sparty team has one thing that the Zags didn't, Cassius Winston. And the Red Raiders' ability to pressure the ball is tremendous. But Spartan ball movement, arguably the best you'll see in the country. They picked apart Duke with it. And Duke is less aggressive than Tech defensively. Winston thrives on overplays. And he's going to look to get the ball as close to the basket as possible. Michigan State's got the highest assist rate in the country in large part due to Winston's court vision and his passing. Another advantage Sparty has here, their ability to get to the free throw line, specifically since conference play began. They get there a lot, and Tech allows a higher percentage of opponents' points to come from the free throw line than any other team in the tournament. And if Tech adjusts and and doesn't press the three-point line, Sparty's 38% from three, good for 24th in the country. Sparty is 9-0 straight up in their last nine, an average margin of victory of 11 points, and that includes the NCAA tournament, the Big 12 tournament, and another game against then top five Michigan. And as much as I love Chris Beard and the job he's done, it's hard to bet against Tom Izzo in this spot. I'll go Michigan State minus two and a half, up to three. I love the Spartys here. Hmm. So why not bet the first of 15 Uh, are the odds we're getting. So in theory with a two point favor, what should the first of 15 be 
like minus 115 to the... Yeah, it should be like minus 115 to minus 120. And typically, I think you're going to see a little bit higher. They tend to like... Are, are they up. up on the apps yet? No, it's not up yet that I've seen. But How I, long I'm, does it take him to put this up? There's two games. They, they, no one likes to put their neck out and be the first guy, but I think you're going to have to lay at least minus 120 on that. Hmm. All right, guys, any closing thoughts on this game? Just with AJ's thought about shooting free throws, RJ, if you do believe that Michigan State's going to shoot more free throws, that likely will be a prop bet. And I got to tell you a little pro secret here. If I like a team to shoot more free throws just generically – I love betting a favorite to make more free throws because you can steal that bet if in the end game with the fouling that oftentimes is not fully incorporated into the pricing. A favorite in that range. Yes. I see two bets up. Two on Westgate. Okay. So which team will get to 10 first? Texas Tech minus 105, Michigan State minus 115. And which team will get to 20 points first? Texas Tech plus 105, Michigan State minus 125. Now, typically... You're laying the extra vig because getting a 20 lets you exert your advantage over double the length of game in theory. I like to get to 10 because I think this phenomenon of Izzo's advantage is the first couple minutes. I don't think at 13 minutes or so it's an, as much of an advantage. So only minus 115 first to 10. I kind of like that. Yeah, I like first to 10 minus 115 way better than first to 20 minus $1.25. All right, guys, one and one and only, just one, Uno, commercial break. Yahoo! That wasn't bad. Fantasy. All right, here's the thing. There's a bunch of, or there's two big boys out there, no doubt about it. Are they best for you? That's the question. Yahoo Daily Fantasy believes that there's a heck of a chance that they are best for you And they are coming big, strong this year. And there's a lot going on right now. There's the NBA, baseball, golf, and full swing, as they say. Masters coming up. Perfect time to give Yahoo Daily Fantasy a try. If you've never tried it before, they specialize with newbies. And if you have tried Daily Fantasy before, you can see the difference. And you get a chance to try it out. Very little risk. It's all upside. Let's say that even it's a coin flip if you're going to like it better. Well, sometimes you won't. Okay, what happened? You downloaded an app, you tried it, you didn't like it, and you helped us, right? And half the time you like it better? Well, think about it. Every day that you play, you benefit from there on. They've got Yahoo Daily Fantasy has no management fee contests. They've got quick match features that are great for beginners. So here's the call to action. Sign up today, yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. or Download the Yahoo Fantasy app, and here we go. Value Prop, get $25 in free play when you make your first deposit using promo code POD25. No waiting on the bonus. You can use it immediately to enter contests, and that min deposit is only $5. So let me do the math. I did have a lot of math in college, but let's check. You put in $5, you get $25. That means $5 gives you 30 to play with. It's a pretty good freaking deal. Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Pod 25 is the promo code. So it's yahoo.com slash daily fantasy pod 25. Take advantage. Now, here's one. If it works out for you, it's awesome. If it doesn't, you're risking the time it takes to check it out. It's called Simple Today Trade. Obviously, 
Many of you working long hours. We all, even the batters, long hours. Every dollar you earn matters. Extra money, especially if you don't have to sacrifice too much for it, means a ton. Well, simpletodaytrade.com tries to address that. That's their that's their value prop. They use a unique and proprietary software that provides one-on-one training programs to teach you how to navigate the various futures and commodities markets and successfully make trades. Now listen, not everyone, it's not going to be like, oh my gosh, this is easy money. We know that's not the case, but maybe you have a knack. And the nice thing about this is there's not a lot of risk in checking it out. And the best thing here's connected to that. The best part is you do all of this by using their funds. It's the perfect solution for extra money and possibly even maybe could be a new career. Simpletodaytrade.com. Go there. And here's a special offer. First month for only $10. That's simpletodaytrade.com. And receive a special offer on the first month for only $10. That's simpletodaytrade.com. Finally, our loyal friend, True Car. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? You can get an offer on your car with True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from a smartphone or your home. Just go to True Car, enter your license plate number, and watch your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions, and then you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in. They'll check it out together with you. You can ask questions and get the answers you need. No surprises. Then simply leave with a check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience the better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. All right, Brad, game two. Well, game game two. one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess the first tip time. you think they'd get the rotation squared away. Auburn versus Virginia. Virginia, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Your total's 131. Number one factor for me is, generally speaking, I think Virginia, of all the four teams, I looked at my power rings at the start of the tournament and looked at them right now. And even though Virginia's won four games and they've gotten to the final four, I've actually downgraded Virginia about a half point in my power rigs. And hear me out here. We thought Virginia would be extremely motivated, especially you, RJ, against Gardner-Webb. Made a ton of sense. Here's the first ever one seed that lost to a 16, and they got revenge on their minds. What does Virginia do? Comes out, plays tight, is getting beat in the first half of round number one. They rebound, end up winning the game by 15. Second round, I thought it was a good spot for Virginia against an overrated Oklahoma team. I bet Virginia released Virginia. And it was nip and tuck Virginia until the very end and a really good spot for them just to get a cover. Sweet 16 round. Virginia's playing that number 12 seed. I did like Oregon in this game, but again, another game came down to the wire with Virginia favored by six or seven points. And it's coming down to the wire. Are you kidding me? And then... The final game, Elite Eight, Virginia, we mentioned at the top of the show, with about five seconds left in the game, had about a 10 or 15% chance to win it. I think these four games, even though they've gotten here and they're celebrating, I've actually downgraded Virginia, RJ. Okay, so what's the power rating say to start? Uh, 
Yeah, power rings at the core. Yeah, Virginia five and a half, and that accounts for the injury to obviously Auburn's one of their starters, Chuma uh, Okiki. And Okiki's worth. You know, it's I, I don't have a firm grasp on this, RJ, and hear me out. Well, how here. can you have a number? Well, here, I thought he was worth two points, but here's what happened. He's only been out one game, and that one game was the last game against Kentucky, and here's what happened. It looked like he was worth about two points in the first 20 or 25 minutes of the game, RJ, and the game is playing out like the spread. Kentucky's favored by about five. They're winning by five. Then they wheel out Okiki in a wheelchair, and the crowd, the Auburn crowd and Kentucky's crowd usually has the advantage over most teams. The Auburn crowd just has this, like, I don't know. There's just wave of emotion. So the idea of seeing their, one of their key players, like in a wheelchair, which implies he's not going to play the rest of the game, made him excited. No, he's, they already knew he wasn't going to oh. play. He got hurt in the previous game. Oh, okay. But. He, so they bring him out like a prop, like like uh, yeah. like the mascot. And it was to me, it was the kind of I hate to say this, but it was the turning point in the game. I thought Auburn at that point was. So gonna, are they going to hold him back? I don't. And Fez, <laughs> imagine if you had someone go to the game and 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 be like like uh, tailing this dude in his wheelchair and say a quick text, he's coming out, he's coming out. Then you bet Auburn big. He comes out, crowd goes wild. What I do you like think? it. I like it. And, you know, we often have talked about when you get a key player that's injured, how that first game after that injury, the team can rise yeah, up. I think they can rise a second game yeah, after well, a week off. Yeah, well, and especially you can make the case that obviously we're at a time of the year when everybody's bringing So you're saying he might be effort. worth more on the sidelines motivationally. <laughs> I was saying he's worth two points on the sidelines. I downgrade him. He's worth a point. Here are the stats on Okiki. He's the third leading scorer, 12 points per game. He's the number one rebounder. He gets almost seven rebounds per game. The second person on the team, only 4.1. So key rebounder, Okiki second in assists, gets two assists. Was this the guy you were talking about how important he was last week? This was P- That was P.J. Washington at Kentucky. Oh, okay. And Okiki is first in steals, 1.8. Gets two steals a game, the number Two guy on the team only gets one steal game, so second in blocks as well. He's good at everything, Okiki. Hmm. So where are we la- <laughs> where are we landing on this, the point value, Brad? I'm gonna say he's worth a point and a half, RJ. And under that assumption, what is the line, what should the power ratings line be? Virginia by five and a half. So power ratings there have it pretty much spot on. I was thinking about something. I wonder if each I don't know how, what volume this should be. So let's not even worry about that right now. I would like to see your power ratings from a month ago, and I know you have them. Yep. I think the whole tournament we should pick every five games or every 10 games. So the first round has what? Uh, 32 games. Yep. So 16. So let's say we play two in the first round two, four games in total where what would be the biggest discrepancy between the line and the power ratings from a month ago hmm. and eliminate games with key injuries. If someone's a key injury, it's a whole different assumption to me. I think you're going to catch oftentimes teams it's getting overreacted to. So why can you pull up a, I know it might take a second. I'll play a, play another song for us. This is one of my favorites.
not that bad, Fez. Remember when you were living on the strip? Just burning the candle at both ends? You know, I loved living on the strip. I was block off of the strip and walked I mean, to all the places, you know, right, right by Barbara. I mean, after that second or third time, they weren't even like escorts, were they? <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> Heart of gold. <laughs> all right, what do we got, Brian? I got Virginia by six and a half. Okay, and your current numbers? Virginia by five and a half with the injury. Okay, so you're saying Virginia would have been better. Okay, because this is assuming Auburn's got upgraded pretty significantly. Yeah. Okay. But the theory is if Auburn, then this is interesting. If Auburn was at full strength, it'd be a two-point difference then between a month ago. They oh, were, yeah. I mean, your line instead of five and a half. So net, net, Auburn's gained two points. Yes. That makes me want to play Auburn. Oh, I'm sorry. Play Virginia because I'm suspect of these late moves. So let's have Fez give his first handicap. But I'd like to look at let's double back to the Michigan State game and see what it would have been a week ago. But Fez, what do you think of this idea in general? Is these teams we're looking at a, you know some conference game, conference tournaments? We're looking at a few games and we're making all these big assumptions. And, you know, the old Allen Boston is these teams have a baseline and they've played 85% of their games as of, you know, March 1st. Why don't we trust those now? Or even as of February 20th? I think it makes a lot of sense. Absence a meltdown of a conference like the Big East of Detroit. Well, I'm not saying it's the only factor. I'm saying mm-hmm. it gives us a list of games. And I think then pick the best amongst those with other factors. Yeah, I think it's a, a great point. And it's tough with Virginia. Because, I mean, if you did that in the NFL, it would probably work. Yeah. If I mean, start once you hit double digit weeks, I think if, if, if you said, I want to use the number from two weeks ago. And find the biggest disparity. Can't be that wrong, right? You can't. If Two weeks injury, ago, you mean. Yeah, absent any exactly. injuries. So, so here's the dilemma. So I look at a team like Virginia. Virginia's great, RJ. They played tremendous all year long. They had to play Duke twice, both times with Zion. And one of those games, Duke shoots lights out from three. So Duke beats them twice. And Virginia, every bit as good as any team in the country all year long. Boom, we go to the tournament. It's like a totally different team. Brad laid it out. Virginia's two and two against the spread in the tournament, but they are as fraudulent against the spread as fraudulent can be. They've had three games. They didn't have a chance to cover. Now I know they covered against Purdue in overtime, but that was a miracle. And they got a fortunate cover against Oklahoma. They're really oh three and one against the spread. And if they had actually been they really 0- should be oh three and one. Correct. They should be oh three and one. But because they're two and two, they're still carrying point spreads that I don't think they would be carrying if they had only beaten Oklahoma by nine and if they'd um, just one by one against Purdue instead of five. So the point you're making is because that's the key. You're, ma- you're, you're, you're bearing the lead. Your assumption is because they're covering, because they're putting money in people's pockets, or at least not the opposite, Virginia is ha- more highly regarded than they deserve to be. Yes, in the tournament. So, by the way, what would the Michigan State line have been? Uh, in between three and three and a half, so about 3.25. So, what we're saying is is that Michigan State's been upgraded less than Texas Tech. Than Texas Tech. And see, isn't that interesting? In general, mm. it's always the instinct is let's, let's, let's try to de-emphasize what we saw most recently in a more formal way. That might be a new little feature mm. in the NFL. 
you know, two weeks ago, what would the power ratings have been? Is an interesting. Yeah. And we talk about that all the time on the look ad lines, just going one week in the NFL. Yeah, but I question how the liquidity of those markets yeah, is. Fair enough. Which reinforces the point when the hitman's out here, we should be we should be down there for those openers and just I just want him to cry. I want him to lower the limit. This battleship, it's time for us to be fully operational. I, I mean, agree. how great would it be if they lower the limit? I know we would say, well, we're making <laughs> less money, but it still would be a, a moral victory. Yes. <laughs> All right, Brad, what else we consider? Well, I look at who has Virginia really struggled with outside of just the tournament. I went before as far as the regular season, and specifically there was two teams that really got to to Virginia, Duke being one of them, Florida State being the other, and those are both teams that have some length and some athleticism. Auburn has the athleticism in the backcourt. Back you won't get a, a better duo than, than Harper and Brown, but outside of that, Auburn doesn't have any height, especially without Okiki at this point. I mean, Auburn was already one of the worst rebounding teams in the entire country, and now just recently, in the last game and a half, they've lost their best rebounder that, that, that's a major red flag for me. What also is concerning with Virginia, the couple of teams that have been able to beat them have gotten really hot from three. Duke being one of those teams. And Purdue should have beaten Virginia. Purdue had 14. This, to me, a little bit of variance. If you're looking to bet Auburn, I'm thinking money line. Because if Auburn's red hot from three, I, which has been the case for Auburn in the last seven, eight games. Auburn relies heavily on the three-point shot. I think there's a good case that if Auburn's hitting their shots, they're going to win the game outright. If Auburn isn't hitting their threes because they rely so heavily on them, I, I would you know, much rather have Virginia minus the points. So if you're looking to bet Auburn, I'd take money line. And also, you got to think Virginia still has a sense of, hey, we've underperformed in the tournament. Late in game, when you have doubts, late in games is a bad time to have them. Yeah. But although they, they, they came through late in the game, obviously against Purdue. Lucky for you. Yeah, very lucky. What for else me. you got, Fez? That's it. All right. Well, listen, remember, guys, if you're betting for fun, do whatever you want. If you're betting for money or for profit, the line has to be wrong for you to have a good bet. I mean, we not saying you can't make the case that one of these lines are wrong, but neither of you guys see it, huh? I mean, Michigan State being the closest. Michigan State being the closest. Let me just add one point. I would lean under here in this one. We, I, we get more recency bias this time of year than any other time of year. Why more people are betting the public. These games are more isolated. Everyone's watching them on TV. And both of these teams saw their games go to overtime last week. So a lot of extra point scores, specifically the Auburn Kentucky game at, at the end of regulation was 22 and a half points short of the closing total. And because of all the late game scoring, including seven, 20, uh, 28 points in overtime, that game goes over. I think that creates some value here on the under. You know, that's a great point because not only did they go overtime, but the fact that they put up 27 points or however many it was in that overtime, uh, that was as inflated a final score as you will see, even for an overtime game. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you guys select one bet. Doesn't matter how derivative, first 10, first half, whatever, what is your best bet 
amongst the final four. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Well, listen, this should be easy. It's a simple question. So we know the boys are going to deliver in spades. Not saying you love this bat. Not saying you're making a monster bat. But if you had, if I gave you a thousand dollar free roll, Brad, said you make one bet this weekend in NCAA basketball, what is it? Michigan State first to ten minus one fifteen. We just walked through it here on the podcast. Wasn't really thinking in that regard prior to it, but it makes a lot of sense. Multiple fronts. Number one, if there's gonna be a time where experience shows, it should be this game. Tom Izzo eight Final Fours, even though Chris Beard's really good, zero Final Fours. Where's it gonna show up? Probably in, in preparation, we think. But nerves at the start of the game, and I think Michigan State will be the cal- more calm team, the more senior laden team, the more experienced team. Give me first to ten, Michigan State minus one fifteen, best bet. Now that was a nice answer. And oh, by the way, as much as we can exalt and I think properly so Beard's rise he's got to be feeling the pride I mean this is you think about it how many final four coaches were in division two 36 months prior (laughs) not many right yeah that's not a good thing no Fez same question team total Texas Tech RJ I am going under 65 points for total points scored for Texas Tech all right why I'm going under there because I have a strong lean towards the game Going under. All right, so lean means not enough to bat it, but you have a, a a lean, a propensity that way. And I also have a strong lean towards Michigan State. So if I'm leaning to Michigan State and I'm leaning to the game going under, logically, I like the team total Texas Tech, and I'm going to bet it under 65. As clear as a bow. I mean, it's just like crystal clear logic. Socrates, Plato, step aside. All right, guys, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to beg off. You've probably been hearing my coughing off mic. I'm recovering. We've gone well over an hour 15. We're going to stick to the lead or the final four for this baby. Next week, we've got tons of football. I mean, I would make the case next week's going to be one of the best pods we do. And by the way, I have a special announcement. It's a secret next week. So make sure you check in. We'll be, let's think, we'll do the Wednesday taping, Thursday release next week. And obviously NBA playoffs will be ready to break into. Oh, we'll have the series prices, Fez, and all kind of good stuff, right? NBA season ends in eight days. Oh, so it ends on Wednesday. April 10th. It ends on Wednesday. Yes. Okay, so we'll have a lot to look at there. So guys, Brad, obviously a guru this time of year at Brad power seven on Twitter. Fezzik is Fezzik sports. F E Z Z I K. That's at Fezzik sports. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's dream preview. Catch the wise guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.